Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you sell yourself with more confidence and take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. This is so exciting. I have been talking about doing a podcast for such a long time and I'm so excited to finally be doing it. It, I have no doubt I'm going to look back in a few years after I have been doing episodes for longer and longer and look back and probably cringe at this first episode. But right here, right now, I'm proud to be here. I'm proud to be doing this. And I'm proud to say that I finally brought it to life. So a lot of you that are, that are probably listening know I've been writing blogs for a really long time. And that started out as a journal for me. It started out as something that a coach actually suggested that I do to try to get some of the mental clutter out of my mind and start to to gain more clarity in my thinking. And eventually I decided that I would post some of those journals on my blog and start sharing them with the world. And that started getting quite a lot of traction and eventually led to four years later, me still blogging pretty regularly and sharing those thoughts with the world. So I thought for my first podcast episode that I would share a little bit with you about my story, share a little bit about who I am and what I stand for and what the eating your cake to message is all about, and also share with you some of my learnings along the way. So buckle up. (laughs) It's going to be a hell of a ride, but here we go. And I also want to say up front with this podcast that it's supposed to be fun, right? We're going to learn a lot but we're going to have a good time too. And so the episodes to follow will really be a mixture of episodes with just me and just the dulcet tones of my voice, sharing with you some learnings, some tools, some strategies, and some tips around all things career, confidence, and leadership. But we're also going to have in here a mixture of uh, Q&A style interviews as well with bold, powerful and inspiring men and women with lots to share, lots of lessons, and they'll share with you a little bit around their career journeys, their leadership journeys. And hopefully you can take some, some tips away from those interviews as well. And you can implement them into the way that you show up in your business, in your career and in your life. So the question that I so often get around eating your cake too is what is it and what is the message and what does it really stand for? And that's a fair question. Eating your cake too is an interesting business name. And most of the time people think that I'm selling baked goods. For me though, eating your cake too and its message goes so much deeper. It's evolved over time. As my business has grown, the message of eating your cake too and what it stands for has grown as well and it's expanded. But for me, it really started with this fundamental belief that I hold that as women, we shouldn't have to choose 
life shouldn't have to always feel like a trade-off. Perhaps it's because of some of my previous work experiences. I've, I've worked in some very male-dominated industries and I've had a wealth of wonderful experiences through that. And I've also had a number of experiences that I probably wish I didn't have, but I believe they've given me the lessons, the learnings and the resilience to keep showing up and where I'm at now. But I used to get questions and, and sometimes they were not not ill-intended. They were just often not thought out, but I'd get questions like, oh, you're going to have a career and a family or what? You want to buy a house and travel the world? Oh, how could, how would you do that? And it really over time grinded my gears (laughs) and it has led ultimately to my methodology around eating your cake too and what it stands for. And again, that is that I just do not believe that as women, we should have to constantly trade things off. We can have a career. We can have an amazing career if we want, and we can have a family. We can build wealth and still enjoy traveling the world post-COVID and pre-COVID. We can do the things that we want to do. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it doesn't require hard work. I'm not saying it doesn't take a village, but it can be done. And as my, as I said, as my business has grown, my message has also grown. And the Eating Your Cake 2 message has grown and transformed into a business methodology and a leadership methodology as well. And in the context of business, I believe that you can put your people first and still make a profit. You can have a purpose for your business that revolves around it leaving a positive mark and a positive impact on the world. And you can still meet revenue targets. From a leadership lens, I believe that you can be productive. You can meet your targets. You can deliver on your KPIs. And you can still put your people first. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be a trade-off. You can have your cake and eat it too. You feel me? So that for me is really where Eating Your Cake 2 came from. And I have rolled with that message. I take it into everything that I do. And my clients that work with me, the amazing organizations that work with me all over the world, they understand my message. They believe the message too. They buy into the message too. And all of the amazing work that I get to do with people really lies in the belief, the fundamental belief that I hold that life and business and leadership don't have to be trade-offs. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight into what Eating Your Cake 2 is all about. My business is something now that I've launched full-time into. I was doing it as a side hustle for a couple of years, and I'll share a little bit about that journey with you as well today. But I thought for a starting point, if we just go way back, way back into little baby Claire and where she started and and what has really led me to where I am today, which is kind of sitting at my desk in my office with this giant podcast mic in front of me, sharing my thoughts, my, my lessons, my learnings with the world. So a lot of people that are listening, I'm sure know, but for anybody that doesn't, I am a twin. I have got an amazing twin brother called Adam, who is an inspiration He is currently and has been for the last couple of years. He sails uh, his yacht, uh, lives on a yacht and sails it around the world. 
Uh, it's called Millennial Falcon and, and he and his amazing fiance run their own business as well. They have a, have a YouTube channel called Sailing Millennial Falcon. And Adam and I, you know, we, we have this amazing relationship where, where we are incredibly different human beings. We also are really similar in a lot of ways too. And so we, you know, we, we grew up with amazing parents. My parents ran a business for most of my life. And I really believe that I look back now and I believe that it was watching them run their own business that has probably been the fire starter or the the ignition for my brother and I to both really be free spirits and entrepreneurs who want to do our own thing. We've seen it done. We know it's not easy. My parents worked so hard to give us everything that we've had. You know, they were, my dad would often be on call seven days a week you know, constantly working, constantly doing everything that they needed to do to make that business work. And so we haven't seen just the highlight reel. We've seen the lowlights. We've seen the tough times. We've seen the difficult conversations. We've seen the difficult things that have needed to be done, the sacrifices that have needed to be made. But I think we both have so much respect and love for what my parents were able to achieve and the life that it gave them. And then ultimately the life that it gave us and the freedom that it gave them to be able to be a part of our, our childhood and our journeys and the sporting events and the assemblies and the certificates and all the things that we did growing up that they were always able to be a part of. And I think that that has been the ignition that, you know, certainly it created the fire in my belly to go out and want to do my own thing. And I think that's always been there. And it's probably only now that I realise where that really came from. And so, you know, we we grew up in a family that we grew up laughing, loving. We had fun. We were a pretty small family unit. For me, as I've grown up, my my family have also been my friends. I've got amazing friends. I've got a solid girl gang who are high achieving, intelligent, beautifully smart women. And we all, we all egg each other on. We encourage each other. We challenge each other to be the best that we can be. And that in turn has given me the strength and the resilience to be able to show up in my business and in my life and take challenges and take risks. And it has not always worked. It has most definitely not always worked, but I've always known that I can rise up. I can get up. I can try again. I can learn from the failings. And so I did all the right things, was a, was a good student, studied hard, worked hard, you know, all of the traditional things that particularly as, as women, again, are sort of ingrained in us. Be nice, be studious, be smart, be kind. Don't take up too much space. All of those things. I finished finished high school. I went straight to uni. I studied for a few years. And then I went and I got my, my first full-time job while I was about, I think, second year uni. And that was a really pivotal moment for me was when the the advice I got from somebody, and it really was the best advice I've ever had, was, yes, the piece of paper matters, sure. But what matters more is you going out into the world, into the workforce and going and getting some real lived hands-on experience. And that changed the game for me. I got my first full-time job, real full-time job. My first, my first job was at 14 and nine months, like the day you could start working at Hoyts while I was still at school. Great first job. But my first real job, my real adult's job anyway, was working as a marketing assistant, uh, did some voiceover work, really interesting interesting experience to have. And then after a few years of that, I went and decided, you know, I finished my degree. I'd got some on the job experience. And then I decided that that was the time that 
now I wanted to go and travel the world. I wanted to explore. Up until that point in my life, I'd basically just been working and studying. It was my time to shine. It was my time to go and travel, do the Europe thing. And so did that, I think at about 22 years old, did that, got the travel bug. I think I'd always had it. But that first sort of five months of travel really ignited that travel bug in me as well. So got back, I came back to Australia, got my first, you know, got an, got another job coming back. And that's really where my career started in HR. I have had some incredible experiences working in HR, doing FIFO. For those that don't know what FIFO is, it's a fly-in, fly-out job where you're basically away from home for a week or two weeks at a time. You're working 12-hour days in the middle of nowhere on a mine site in the middle of the dusty Pilbara. And then you come back and you get a week off. Then you go back again for another week. You work 12 hour days. Then you come back, you get another week off. And I believe from doing that, I was able to condense so much of my learning into a really short period of time because you're just exposed to so much. So I worked for an oil and gas company. I worked for a mining company. I worked for a communications company and then decided that you know, there was a great opportunity presented to my now husband to take a job over east. So we decided that we were going to go and move to Melbourne. Uh, however, I wanted to do a little bit more travel first. So we took another sort of four or five months off, went to South America, traveled through the US, Central America, South America, and then finally got back and decided that, you know, now I needed to go and get a job in Melbourne. And that was really where I remember this moment so clearly. And I, I took on a senior HR advisor role and I remember thinking, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. I'm not experienced enough for this. This, this title is, is more than I'm used to. Oh gosh, I can't do it. Alarm bells, alarm bells. And I did it anyway. I lent in and I, and I thought, just give it a go and, and we'll see how it goes. And I pretty quickly realized that I was capable. It was just the title and the hierarchy that scared me. I actually was capable and I was able. However, about three weeks after, or no, probably about six weeks after joining that company, I was pulled into a room and I was told, and at this time I was 26 years old, I was pulled in a room and I was told that my manager had resigned, they were moving on, and they wanted me to step into the role. They wanted me to take on the role of HR manager. I thought this was hilarious, given I was still in my probationary period. I thought, no way, not a chance in hell can I do this. I'm not old enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not qualified enough. All the people, you know, that I'm working with are clearly so much, know so much more than me. How could I possibly do this? But I, you know, you'll see a trend in this. I decided I'll give it a go. I'll do it anyway and we'll see where we end up. And then about a week after that, I was then told, oh, and by the way, the company is separating from what at the time was Pacific Brands, a huge company in Australia. It was divesting a part of its business that I was in. And that meant that we actually needed to build everything from the ground up. All the support we had was lost. Everything that was done for us by the central function, by the by the head office was taken away. And I was left with myself and one other team member at that time. And we, and we were then able to get one more amazing person on board to help us. We were left to build everything from the ground up. So I'm sitting there as a 26-year-old with a couple of years under my belt, but nothing like this 
And I had to set up a payroll function, a recruitment function, an L&D function, training, safety, communications, general HR kind of day-to-day management, you name it, we built it. And that for me was one of the most terrifying periods. And probably for me, I look back now and it was the most pivotal time in my career that I've ever had because every part of me wanted to quit. I cried every day. I went to work every day waiting, waiting for my CEO to tap me on the shoulder and say, good try, Claire, but this is really not working. I experienced all the feels when it comes to things like overthinking, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, feeling not good enough, feeling undeserving, feeling like you're not as good as the last person that was in the role. I lost so much sleep. I a few times nearly nearly bailed, nearly quit, nearly even left Melbourne and moved back home. It was a really dark place to be. And I look back now and I realize the reason it was so dark was because I allowed myself to suffer in silence. I didn't feel like I could ask for help. I felt like I had to have all the answers. I felt like if I asked for help, that would mean that it was a, that I was a failure, that I'd admitted defeat, that I'd admitted that I didn't deserve to be there. So I bottled it all up and I just suppressed it and I hoped that no one would notice. When in reality, I'm sure that people noticed. My husband certainly noticed. I, I thought that the way to cope was just to work harder, to work longer hours, to think that if I just, if I just keep chipping away, that I'll get on top of it. And so then what ended up happening was because I was working harder, I wasn't exercising, I wasn't looking after myself, I wasn't making plans, I wasn't taking time out to do anything for myself. And so then because I had no plans, I just worked harder. And then I became resentful. I became resentful for the life that I'd created. I became resentful for the boundaries that I wasn't keeping. I became resentful for the fact that I had no support because I didn't ask for any support. I didn't ask for any help. And then I remember having a light bulb moment one day when I finally sat down with a coach and they asked me, at what point are you going to change something? Because if you don't, nothing will change. And it was in that moment that I realized that I just can't keep going on like this. I can't keep crying every day. I can't have three coffees to get me up in the morning and a bottle of wine to put me asleep at night. It's not sustainable. But I also realized in this moment, I also finally had this epiphany that no one, no one told me I couldn't do it. No one told me I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't educated enough. I didn't deserve to be here. The only person who was telling me that was me. The only person who was torturing themselves was me. And it was at that point that everything started to change. I realized that no one has all their shit together and that everyone is just doing the best they can. And if I could be the person to maybe instill and introduce a little bit of vulnerability and say, I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know exactly what I need to do right now, but I'll find out. Can you help me? And it was from that moment on that things really started to shift for me. 
I started, funnily enough, I started enjoying what I was doing a little bit more. I started enjoying my life a little bit more. I was able to start creating more space again for learning, for curiosity, for asking questions. And that is when the game changed for me. And that is when about 2017, I took a step back and I decided to start reflecting on what is it that I actually really do enjoy? What impact is it that I really want to have on the world? What are the things that I'm really good at? And what does the world need? And how can I play a part in driving some positive change? And that was really where Eating Your Cake 2 was born. I realized that all of the things in my HR career, the things that really brought me to life, the things that really gave me that sense of fulfillment were things like coaching and leadership development and training and empowering other people to get out of their own ways. And I was lucky enough that not only was I backed with the theoretical knowledge, the education, the qualifications to understand what leadership development really is, what it takes to build a successful career and to have impact and influence, but I also was backed with the practical knowledge, the practical experience the on the ground kind of learning, being in the trenches, building a HR function from the ground up, being a part of building a business, tripling it in size, tripling it in revenue, being a huge part of a change management process that I was able to step back and go, yeah, I want to help other people do this too. And it was at that point that I decided I was going to go out. I was going to get some real accredited coaching qualifications some real backing. And I was going to start it as a side hustle. I was going to help other women and men build their careers, build their confidence, grow their leadership, develop real effectiveness inside organizations to drive positive change. And really that business has just evolved over the last couple of years. So I'm proud of what I've achieved. I'm proud of where I'm at. It has not been without challenges. And probably my one of my biggest challenges yet has been the, so the end of 2019, after six years in my head of HR role for, for the retail business that I was just talking about, where I, you know, had my, I call it my train wreck years, <laughs> but I rebuilt and I came out the other side stronger and with so much fire in the belly. And at the end of 2019, after a six-year journey with that organization, an amazing organization, a fantastic group of people, I decided that I was going to go out on my own. And I decided that my husband and I both decided it was time to leave Melbourne. It was time to move back to Western Australia, where I'm originally from. But we decided we wanted to take a year off first. And so we quit our jobs. We sold everything we owned at the end of 2019 and we put the rest into storage. And we decided that 2020 was the year that we were going to travel the world. (laughs) I laugh about it now. I did not laugh about it at the time. But as you can probably tell, 2020, our plans of 2020 blew up in our faces, blew up in our faces. We sold everything. We quit our jobs. We left our life in Melbourne to go and travel the world in 2020. And it really just did not go according to plan. We were fortunate enough to get an amazing three months up front in South America. And then we actually ended getting stuck 
on a boat, a small sailing boat with my brother, who I mentioned at the very start of this episode. And we actually got stuck on that boat with them for 10 weeks with a pretty decent portion of that actually being stuck offshore, not allowed on land, not allowed to buy groceries or food and rationing some delicious spam and powdered potatoes for a period there. But we eventually got a lifeline from the government who said, we can get you, we can get you this one flight to Puerto Rico, but you'll need to find the rest of your way home. So eventually we did, but it took us four days, five flights and six airports to get back to Australia. We finally got back in about May, 2020, did our hotel quarantine, got out and we decided that we weren't ready to quit. I wasn't ready to give it up. So we decided to buy a secondhand four-wheel drive and a rooftop tent. And my husband and I just decided, let's just keep going. So we just drove up the east coast of Australia, got in our car and we went and we lived for the last four months of 2020 on the roof of our car, (laughs) traveling from town to town, from, you know, regional community to regional community, exploring, adventuring, and just making the best of what was a pretty challenging situation. And so that really meant last year that I ran my business from the roof of my car and a combination of Airbnbs, hotels, campsites, you name it, I have done it. But I believe that with enough determination, a positive attitude and a good sense of humour <laughs> that you can do it. You just have to believe that you can. And you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Last year did not go according to plan for us. And I remember being pretty emotional the day that I realized that it really had blown up in our face and the things that we dreamt about for years, the things that we worked really hard to bring to life weren't going to happen. But I look back now and I realize that maybe sometimes the thing that you thought you really wanted and the thing you really thought you needed maybe wasn't the thing you needed then and there. And sometimes you just have to let the world decide what is right for you. And for us, it looked like what was right for us last year was coming back to Australia, seeing our beautiful country. And for me, that translated into building my business quicker than I had ever imagined, quicker than I thought possible, having amazing coaching clients join me from all over the world, having fantastic opportunities with companies like Universal Studios, NBC, Colgate-Palmolive, Marine Traffic, Pet Curian, working with amazing women from all over the world who I'm still working with now and helping them drive their careers forward. Maybe I wouldn't have had those things happen had my year not blown up in my my plans, not blown up in my face the way that they did. But although I didn't get the year I thought I would get, I think I got something so much more. And I believe that having that kind of approach to life and having that attitude that you're always learning, you might not get what you thought you wanted, but maybe sometimes you get something better. That has led me to be able to keep showing up, to lean in and to just keep going. And I hope that me sharing a little bit about my journey with you in this episode, hopefully gives you a little bit of insight into me, hopefully fills you with a, with a little bit of joy in your day. And hopefully you've laughed at some of my, my journey. 
But the core message that I stand for is really that I believe the world needs more heart. It needs more humor. It needs more honest conversation, human to human. And if I can play a small part in doing that through this podcast, in paying it forward, in sharing my knowledge, my learnings, my lessons and my experiences, and if I can empower more women and more men to show up, to lean in, to sell themselves with confidence, to take what's theirs, to ask for the pay rise, to ask for the promotion, to sell their ideas, their opinions, to show up in an interview with confidence and get that job. If I can help even one person to do that, then I'll be a very happy lady. So that is it for today. Here's me. Here's me starting this episode thinking, how am I honestly going to talk for that long? And I'm pretty sure I've just waffled on, but I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned a little bit about me. I cannot wait to keep going on this journey with you, sharing more about my world, bringing you some amazing guests, some amazing powerhouse women and men who are ready to show up and share their learnings with you too. I hope you'll join me on this ride. Please leave a review. Please tell your friends, tell your families, tell everybody about this podcast because I can't wait to watch it grow and I can't wait to help people out with their careers, their leadership, their businesses and in their lives along the way. So thank you for being here for episode one of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast and I will see you soon. Take care. Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2 and if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I would love if you would leave me a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this. You can do it. You are doing it. And remember to sell yourself with confidence. Hey there. Thanks for hanging on and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I truly love having you with me, but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it. There are two ways to work with me individually. The first is through my private one-on-one coaching program where I only take a very limited number of clients each year by application. In this program, we create a bespoke plan for you designed to get you smashing your goals. If you're in need of someone to help you step into leadership, take control of your career, or design a powerful and energizing action plan to ensure you are seen, heard, and noticed at work or in your business, then this may be the program for you. The second way to work with me is through my private one-on-one Sell Yourself with Confidence program. This six-month proven program is purposefully created and structured, guaranteeing you get results. It's focused on four major barriers that I so often see preventing women from selling themselves. So at the end of this program, you'll walk away with a whole host of tangible deliverables, including a new pimped up resume, LinkedIn profile, relationship currency map, a unique selling proposition, a speaking with impact toolkit, 
and so much more. If you are ready to step up in your career or leadership, earn more, be heard more, and build an impactful and purposeful personal brand, then now is the time for you to do it. This private program will only be around for the next few months before we launch our global group Sell Yourself with Confidence program. If you feel like I would also be a good fit for your organization, let's chat about how together we can create more confident, courageous, and self-aware leaders capable of driving positive change in themselves, their teams, and in your organization. Jump on my website and download the services info pack. I'd love to chat to you. Book a call in my calendar. The link is in my show notes. Thanks again so much for listening.